Welcome to the Phoenix Cast, a podcast about cybersecurity, technology, and innovation issues in the military. We are your hosts, John, Rich, and Kyle. Rich and I are U.S. Marines, and the opinions expressed on the cast are our own, not official military policy. And the opinions expressed by me are also my own, not those of my employer or any other businesses I happen to be associated with. For today's episode, we are getting historically rejoined by Olivia for the cast's first trifecta. Olivia, thanks for re-rejoining us, and could you remind the audience of your bio? Great. Thank you so much for um, letting me come back and come back again. Uh, I was active duty in the Marine Corps from 2014 to 2020. I was an unmanned aircraft commander serving with VMU-1 in Arizona and then the Marine Corps Warfighting Lab. I did have a a short deployment for task Task Force Southwest in Afghanistan in 2019, and uh, was helping to integrate Group 1 through Group 5 UAS. And dear listeners, if you would have pulled me aside in 2018, and we started the podcast in 2020, if in 2018 you said two truths and a lie, and one of them was you're going to start a podcast and record three episodes about Clausewitz, <laughs> I don't care what the other two options would have been, I would have picked that as the lie. So uh, what a really cool, interesting, and unique experience that we all get to be part of. I'm super happy. Kyle, over to you. I also just want to call out that this is the stuff that I live for with this podcast. Getting to nerd out about stuff like this is sort of what I live for in in this world. So Olivia, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm so glad to be here and uh, to be able to sh- show more of what Clausewitz can can bring to cyber operations, operations in the information environment, and, and kind of the future of warfare. All right. So before Olivia gets to her part, I want to set a scene for everybody here. So take a deep breath. Here we go. We're going back to the 1800s, right, Olivia? This is where we're going to? 1700s? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was right the first time. I think. Okay. So Clausewitz's wife sends him a letter telling him to go look at some art in Paris. Like any good husband, he does. And he's so taken with the experience that he gets super motivated and puts together a bunch of what we will call prolific material, if you will. Prolific enough that, Olivia, you made the effort to translate all of this go look at art in Paris materials. Uh, Gene Kim was able to take some of these concepts into auto manufacturing and relate them to software development. But let's see if on the trifecta cast here, we can take more of von Clausewitz's artistic diversions and apply those crazy Carl thoughts over to cyber. So Olivia, I hope I set the stage okay. No, definitely. So the article that Clausewitz uh, that we're going to be talking about is on art and the theory of art. And I would certainly say that it was inspired by his trip uh, to Paris, which actually was when he was a prisoner of war. So after the Battle of Jena and Arstadt, in 1805, where he was adjutant to Pr- Prince August, they were captured. But um, being a prisoner of war, especially when you were working for aristocracy, was a very different experience than prisoners of wars, uh, certainly today. And so he has essentially like a travel journal. He's going uh, through parts of France, then um, to the trip to Paris, where he's seen a bunch of theater. He goes to the museum and is complaining about how many paintings there were that it was overwhelming, very similar to how he talks about danger and being overwhelmed by the the sensory overload. And uh, many of his letters to Marie at the time, because they were just starting to date, uh, was kind of lamenting his 
the fact that he didn't feel educated in being able to understand art. And so the, the, the trip to see a lot of these paintings served as kind of like a gateway drug. Um, and Marie helped him, you know, over the years to start to explore this. So the, the, the article, we don't know exactly when it was dated. It could have been right after. Most likely, I would say it was probably another 10 years or so when he, he really started to formulate it because it's, it's, um, it's theoretical. But we're going to break it down Barney style, um, as good Marines do. And the first thing I kind of want to, to start to look at is the difference between science and art, which is something that definitely hear about when we think about war and warfare, but also art theory because that's really what he's getting at. And then, of course, we're going to put it in space, cyberspace. So the first, one, the first one to think about, and, and the way that I think is going to be the best to, to break this down is I'm going to read what Clausewitz actually wrote, and then we're going to break it down because his words are hard sometimes, uh, but hard is good. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the mental equivalent to pain leaving... <laughs> Pain is weakness leaving your body. And then um, we'll go and start to to use your guys' expertise to see how it applies um, to cyber today. So right, science you are selling as, this, Olivia. You are selling this hard right now. I love this. So science, uh, as he wrote in this article, uh, science is a collection of insights organized according to an idea systematically. So what does that mean? If we're going to break it down, Science is the systematic accumulation of some kind of set of knowledge or insight. So what does this mean to like Marines? This is ballistics. This is how the bullet travels through, through based on gravity um, and how just physics and a lot of those very mathematical, very specific, scientific, logical aspects of the world operate. Art is going to be an innate capability that is developed through free will. So there's a there's a big word with free will in there. Um, but it 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 can also occur through contemplation or practice. So what what is that really doing? It's the doing of things. So if we're going back to the rifle range, this is the breathing, this is the trigger pull, this is the clear sights blurry target. This is even Kentucky windage for those days when you really need to um, yes make sure that you're you're hitting the target right. So we're gonna stop there first and think about how science and art apply to cyber. So I wanna take the first shot at this. I, I immediately went to security and to cryptography. And, and I think the science would be like the algorithms that we use to encrypt. And then the art would be how we actually apply those algorithms. So how do we have the computer encrypt and decrypt and how is key exchange handled? I, I think that would be the art where the science would be the actual how do we modify the ones and zeros with an algorithm. Shots. Yeah, so John, I want to add just a couple things in here. So I, I, I actually, so Olivia, when we talk about like operational art, right? Um, as applied to warfare, like I actually think, um, one, your breakdown of science and art phenomenal as his Clausewitz mentioned, but I think his general theory on like applying art to operations, I think is pretty universal across 
most warfighting to include the new spaces, the new domains like space, like cyberspace, in the sense that like the science and the technology are going to be different. So you got to master those things. Like I'm looking at Kyle, like you got, you got to know how to do the do's, right? You got to code the things, you got to script the stuff, you got to understand the infrastructure. You know, we had a whole podcast uh, series earlier on cloud when we started our cast. Um, but I think like campaigning, designing an operation, that that stuff to me is, I'm, I'm interested to get you guys take on this is, is pretty universal stuff. But um, I think in the context you just mentioned for Clausewitz, what, what I'd like to offer here is, I do think you have to be competent as a practitioner on the science part to be like a really good artist. Like you could be an okay artist, but if you really don't kind of know how, you know, that your tradecraft or your science, I think that becomes tough. Guys, thoughts? I, I want to take this back to the art metaphor, if I can, and respond a little bit to both of those things. I think using this, bear with me, we have a lot of science, right? So let's go back to the art. We have a lot of people that understand that you mix paint colors together and you get things and that I buy paint at this store and I use this brush, right? But you know, my, my four-year-old son knows how to put the paintbrush in the paint and apply it to the paper, but to call that art may be debatable, right? Like he's my son. So of course it is, but like I show that to John and he just gives me stank face and I understand why I think in the cyber world, we have a lot of people that truly understand the science that science I feel like is hammered over and over and over into us. And I think that the art is lost and the ability to do the things is a increasingly rare skill. And I would say that through the realm of, we often talk about things on this cast that are very difficult for people who are not in our world to understand. They're very difficult for us to train somebody who does not work in this realm of science all day. Now, again, stick with me with the art metaphor. Anyone can go to the museum. Anyone can look at the Van Gogh on the wall or the Picasso or anything, the, 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 the sculpted bull, whatever it's going to be. And we all kind of walk into that room and we go, this is a place of art. I know that going in because we have these special words that we use like museum and things like that, that people go into. But when it comes to sort of the cyber realm of this thing, I think that we tend to lose the forest to the trees and the art is hidden. The art is stuck inside of these very tight walls. It's controlled in these very specific ways. It's often like bad form to let that art shine through outside of your very small community of artists. And to take this one layer deeper, and I, I know we'll probably get to this here in a minute, but knowing how to paint is one thing. Knowing how to sculpt is another thing. Knowing how to um, carve something. I'm trying to think of many different forms of artistic uh, rubber here. Or knowing how to paint with paints versus draw with colored pencils or do all these other things. In our space, I feel like you must be a multi-artist to truly practice the form. And in order to truly be effective and be respected by your peers, you can't know just the one form of art. You have to know many, many, many forms of art. And to get to your campaigning reference, which I really liked there, Rich, is that if you want to operate at that level, you must know most, if not all, of the arts, which means you got to have that core of science. And that's why this darn world is so hard to, to compete in in the cyberspace realm, is that you must know a humongous amount of theoretical and science and then you must be practiced at many forms of art so i really like this um i went on a little bit of a tangent there but i i like the metaphor and the, the overlap 
Yeah, and the only thing I want to add, and Kyle, we actually had a podcast where you and I went back and forth on this a little bit, and it's in that was the one where you're talking about diagrams. And I'll gently push back a little bit on you saying the art is lost when the two of us said we both looked at dozens of diagrams and never seen the same one twice. Uh, I think the art is alive and well, but we should probably move on. Well, I definitely would agree about the the network diagramming. Like that's definitely an art um, to get that to get that right. Um, but to go back to what Rich was saying in terms of the science, this is kind of going back into the definition, the innate capability. It's not that you're born with all the the science. Like I don't, you know, I don't know Python from, you know, the the very, you know, being born with Python capabilities. But the there's a certain about a certain kind of mental disposition for someone who's really good at coding or someone who is interested in thinking about these um, different kinds of logical spaces. So on one hand, you just need to, to identify those. And that's, that's a question of finding talent. And then the developed through free will, that's, that's education. That's, that, that means that it's also on you in order to become that good artist. So you can have all the, the, the scientific technical skill, but if you don't develop, you don't try things, you don't work through it, you're not going to be able to practice it best. And so that's where we go to the next one, which is art theory, which is, uh, according to Clausewitz, the insights which we find gathered in art theory have the purpose to develop a capability in us. So breaking that down again, this is why we always had classes before we ever did anything. All of those infinite PowerPoints, and then you go and practice the thing. And so it's not, you You need to understand the why behind, you know, breathing. Well, that's so that I have a more stable body so that I can then make sure that I have a, a better platform from which to, to pull the trigger. Then pulling the trigger with smooth surprise and then the clear sights, blurry target is so that it doesn't, you know, I don't dance around the center. Being able to understand why that's the case makes it easier for me then to apply the the art, which is the doing, and getting better at that. You know, if you think of martial artists, that's where they're really excelling is, is how well that they've been able to train that practice and that doing it. But it's based in some sort of theory of why things work out. And then coupled with the science of, you know, either ballistics or going back to the martial arts, being able to leverage center of gravity, different levers. And so his example is actually about anatomy. So I'm going to read a, a short, or actually a longer passage from, from Clausewitz, which I hopefully will pull it all together and then we can kind of turn it back over to the um, more technical cyber information thoughts. If the ultimate purpose of the whole is pure awareness, then the whole is a science. If the purpose is a capability to develop artistic proficiency, then the whole is an art. Anatomy gives us an example of how art and science are intertwined with each other and are still recognized by the ultimate purpose. The whole is a science because its purpose is knowledge of animal structure. The doing of anatomy itself, that is to say, that is to say the dissecting and assembling of parts is indisputably an art. The theory of this doing of anatomy, that is to say, those insights which give us that capability to the pupil is likewise an art because its purpose is developing a capability. So the, the key thing is, do I just want to know the things or do I want to be able to then put that knowledge into practice? The one thing 
that was different in this is we started to talk about purpose. And so as we're thinking about why, why do we care? <laughs> this, like, this is great. Science, art, you know, art theory, that it's, you know, interesting. Uh, you can definitely get really good grades and, you know, your PME if you, if you bring this stuff up. But it actually matters in terms of how we're, you're operating in, um, in the environment. And that's because of the relationship between means and purpose. And typically you'll hear means and ends, especially if you do ends, ways, and means. And what's interesting is Clausewitz actually uses Zweck, and that sometimes in some translations is translated as end, but it's really more purpose. And the difference between purpose and end, end has a temporal sense. So you, you can chart it out and be like, once this ends, then something else. Purpose is much more expansive. It may be, I want to continue to defend my country. Like, it, you know, I don't just want to take the bridge because I want to, I want to prevent something, someone from taking over my country. I want to prevent someone from taking over this bridge. So the, the relationship between means and purpose and how that functions is going to start getting tied into science and art. So science is generally focused on means, understanding what capabilities that you have to bring to bear. And art is going to be more focused on how do I then understand the means that I have and then bring them to the purpose that I've been given. And it clearly is very suited to cyber because I would argue and love to hear the two of you if, if you don't, but I would argue cyber is definitely an infinite game, not, hey, here's our finish line and here's where we go. Either the network must be protected or yep. if you're looking at it from a, uh, it must be operated, it must be protected, or if you're going to hack or whatever, um, it's never going to stop. It's always going to be a continually moving target. So it's probably best we think of things as as a purpose lesson end. And I think that you hit it on the head there with the infinite game reference, because the only way that you can quote unquote win is that you just continue playing. Like the only way that you lose is to stop playing in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I think there's maybe one uh, question for you, Olivia, on, on, on the Clausewitz side of the house on previous discussions, you know, we talked about, um, you know, him relating, uh, war fighting to, you know, the political object, right? That ultimately some group of people call it a nation, country, whatever you want. They're, they have a, they have a political object they're trying to achieve, right? In some way. And so like to your point, I think a lot of people refer to that as the end, right? Or the ends from a military perspective. Um, but what I really think is cool when, when we talk about purpose is that, and especially I think when it, we talk about the cyber domain, is that, you know, you do want to bring certain things to some set of closure. That doesn't mean it's finite, like it's over, but, you know, there, there may be some object, political object that you're seeking via your purpose, right? So you're, you're applying these, this science in a creative way, um, which I think we'll talk about later on, you know, creativity and, and how Claus thinks about this stuff. But, I guess where I'm going this and, and where my question is, is, you know, I think what's really hard in today's day and age is to figure out how to gracefully sunset things, whether you're a software developer and you're like, look, that product ran its life cycle, 
right? And we're either going to sunset it or we're going to, you know, create a new major version of this thing, release new features, blah, blah, blah. Or I love when that it you comes think to... that's up to the software developer, by the way. I don't. <laughs> which is, I'm glad why you brought that up. Um, two, though, to stick on the warfighting part of stuff, you know, I think we're in a day and age where like every recent conflict that I can think of has never had a real discrete ending. The closest thing I can think of was an unnatural act, much like the fall of Saigon, which was the, you know, um, pull back and out of Afghanistan, right? Just because that was a decision that was made, a political decision that was made, and we just came out of that conflict. But I guess my point is like, I don't really see in, in modern times like a, a closure, like a wrap up, like we've achieved a political object and uh, we're going to wrap this thing up and figure out what relationship we're going to have to our purpose, either to keep it going in some fashion or to say, yeah, we've, we've achieved what we wanted to through the means that we've identified. Um, and, and Rich, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think we could probably go on for an hour and a half dissecting exactly the reasons behind our definitions of ends and how clear they were and whether we did or did not meet them and who gets to determine if we have met them or not. Um, but I, I think Clausewitz actually has a helpful example that might help us kind of tease this out. So he says, the art of hydraulic engineering and the art of fortifications almost use the same means. One cannot also say the, that the very different capabilities are at their core, apart from inclination. It seems rather that in both a gifted mind and a mathematical sense are sufficient. Therefore, these two arts differ merely ba based on purpose. So another way of thinking about this is film and tel television. The, it, they are using the same means, but their purpose is different. You have a very confined sense for a film, and you have a much longer art for um, television or poems versus novels. You know, they're both using words on the page, but the the purpose that they're serving is very different. So um, question, and this might help us think through the difference between the kind of purposes, is, is there a difference between cyber operations and operations in the information environment in the sense, the same way that Clausewitz was talking about hydraulic engineering and art of fortification. So you have the same means, but it's different purposes. All right, I'll start this off. So I believe, and I've been reading through the JP's a decent amount, uh, joint publications. So I do believe that there is a difference between cyber operations and operations in the information environment. And from our doctrine, uh, I believe what they're saying is that uh, cyber is one of the uh, things within the information environment. So maybe cyber is a subset of that, or at, le at the very least connected and relevant to operations in the information environment. Um, but are they the same means for different purposes? Maybe not. Because I think at the end of the day, what we are looking to do, regardless of how we do it, like through a cyber op, through something in the physical environment, through something that happens purely in the information environment, but let's figure out a way that that doesn't happen in cyber. I think the end of all of these things is probably some kinetic, or not, not kinetic, there is some cognitive effect we're looking to put into the mind of the enemy. And there are just different ways we could do that. So my thought is no. 
I don't know. I, I'm going to keep coming back to this, you know, science v art kind of situation. I think that if we're going to say that writing a poem and writing a novel are fundamentally the same science, but fundamentally different arts, Olivia, am I, am I still tracking with this in the, in the true sense of the word? Okay. I'm, I'm going to count on you to keep me sane in this one. Um, then I don't, I think those are the exact same science and subtly different arts. At the end of the day, I think that you are trying to accomplish very similar goals using a very similar tool set just uh, for a slightly different purpose. And the thing that's even more kind of nuanced, and I love how Olivia's brought this to us, there used to be a hard divide between the film folks and the television folks. You know what I mean? Like the, the people who would record movies were nose up in the air so much better than the people who did TV and streaming and some other things have kind of blurred the lines a little bit. Right. And yeah. I think as we've refined our thinking or moved forward or however you want to look at it, that kind of like, and I'm not going to say who's who with the, the nose in the air, but the cyber and the operations and the information environment, I think is getting pretty close to the whole uh, film and television thing where to Kyle's point, maybe only just slightly different arts. Yeah. I have an interesting take to, to just zoom out for a second. Right. Cause I think um, we're doing what we want to do on this cast, which is talk about tech innovation and, and war fighting and war fighting theory. But I do think what's just interesting here is like, to, to try to make an analogy of if if cyber is a warfighting domain and it has a set of practices and sciences associated with it, um, when we zoom out and you look at like all the other instruments of national power, right? And then you take Clausewitz's phrase purpose and you, and you fit it in with all of the other instruments, right? Not just potentially the cyber domain. Um, so my point in saying all this is that I think what's interesting is like to my earlier comment on, you know, we, we don't seem to really be able to gracefully sunset stuff or move on to the next phase of the campaign or transition between campaign phases really well recently. I think that's mostly because, you know, maybe the, the purpose that we're getting at isn't super clear from like a strategy perspective. Right. So like, if, if in my scenario here, and I promise to be short with this, in my scenario, if each of these different instruments, each are their own science, right? And you're trying to apply them to a purpose in an art form, then to me, that's like, that's strategy, right? That's grand strategy. That's like taking all the sciences to your earlier point, Kyle, about engineering. Like you need to know potentially all the things to be an artist, not just somebody who picks up a brush and starts slapping paint on some canvas. Right. And so I think maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't necessarily see, um, I'll just call them graceful, you know, transitions right into the next state of achieving our like political object is because we don't necessarily have really good grand strategies or a good grand strategy. Uh, when we go into an activity where, whether that's a, a war fight or something short of that, um, maybe this is me just like being super critical of, of the U S and us right now. But, uh, but I think that's a skill to your point, Kyle, that that's kind of been lost or 
if not lost, we haven't seen a really good one, at least in the unclassed public domain in a while. And Olivia, before you give us the referee, I have two clarification items I'd like to get from you to make sure that we're keeping this Carl pure. Um, when when you mentioned about Ensway's means versus means and purpose, uh, I assumed means means the same thing as means. So quick quick recap: ends is what we would like to politically accomplish. Uh, the ways are the ways in which we will do that, and then the means are the people or organizations who will employ those ways to those ends. Uh, hopefully, I got that right. And then is the means in the way we traditionally understand it. And the way Carl is using it, is that the same word or is this different? And have I missed something? No, that's that's a great question. And just to be clear, so the the word that he uses is mittel, which is means. Um, and, and that really does have the same sense of means. So uh, this is John Wick's pencil. This is whatever anyone wants to find to be able to do something with. And what's interesting, you just put John Wick and Klauswitz in the same sentence, by the way, of, of can, we, course. can we take a moment just to appreciate the incredible beauty of that? Awesome. Well, it, I, I love the example of John, <laughs> no, 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 but I love the example of John Wick's pencil because typically you don't think of it as a means of lethality. Right. You think of it as something that is writing, but given the mental disposition that John Wick had in that situation, he was able to identify means that other people didn't have in their mind at that time. And so that's that's what's really important about means is we can think of it in the paint analogy of, you know, I need red and green and blue and and whatnot. But strategy, anything can be a means. And means also develop over time. So it's not like I can just set, you know, sit down here, collect all of my toys, my Legos, and then go forth and prosper they're going to develop in time. This is part of why the defense is so different is because the means of the defense are seen over time. They are seen in space. And so you can't get them all at once. Um, so that's the sense of means. Now, the sense of purpose, we've we've been talking about that. I would hold off on talking about ways. Ways is similar to the idea of the operational level. It's something that doctrine has kind of foisted on us. And for right now, I'd like to us to think about how can we not add that extra bit in. I just brought that up because that's definitely how, you know, certainly how I've been taught, how, you know, it's it's taught in professional military education. Because Clausewitz is really just thinking about the relationship between means and purpose and how they, you know, react to one another. And the way that he says it is purpose and means connect with one and on one another under the name to create. That's all that's. And, and so that's going back to John Wick. John Wick was creative in that situation to leverage the mean of the pencil to be able to then leverage it to, I don't remember how many bad guys he was taking out at that time, but he was able to use it um, in a very lethal manner. And, and so that's, that is, as Clausewitz says, art is the, ab the ability therein, the theory of art teaches the connections, i.e. the connections between possible means, i.e. being able to see a pencil as something sharp that could potentially do harm, as far as this is possible by ways of conception. So that's that's the way that I like to think about how he's talking about purpose and means. So it's much, there, there's less mediatedness. So this is, this is very much, you know, I, and I'm going to try and make some sort of cyber analogy and, and you guys can correct me, but this is 
very clearly typing something, executing it, and having that make something happen that you're doing and being able to think of different automations or, or whatnot that are, that are capable of doing something. We can type some things that normally would be very nonviolent, i.e. think of Wix pencil, but in a violent manner. Th- that is our art, yes? And I also wanted yes. to call I, I wanted to call out Rich <laughs> real quick because uh, Rich is so lethality minded. He's probably staring at his sticky, and he's trying to tone it back a little bit because we're we're going highbrow. So he says sunset software. Dear listeners, he's talking about killing things still, even lethality and software. He can't get it off the mind. Well, that's kind of the thing. Like you type things that are lethal, right? You're talking about type things that are denying some capability of the enemy or, or having some kinetic effect, right? All these things are possible in the modern world of cyber warfare in some way, shape, or form. But I think the concept that you can take the same exact technology that you would make a resume or build a website with or write an email to somebody else and use that as a way to conduct an offensive operation in some way, shape, or form to deny the enemy the ability to do something or to use that skill set, this is... This is new and novel, and I, I'm i struggling a little bit in this place to draw that distinct line and to see, I feel like we could be drawn into so many ways of basically being like, I have a keyboard, and this is 2024, and therefore I have the science to conduct any art I want. Like, do we bound this? Is, is there a way that we say that the same science that helps with information operations or the same science that helps with with uh, doing cyber warfare today. Is that not the same science that helps you write a novel? Yeah, I'll jump in here, Cal. I, yeah, I'll say f- great, great tea, great tea up, right? <laughs> For Because I think, you know, I think without getting way too far down the rabbit hole, right? When we, to, the idea of creating something, right? In the Clausewitz sense that, you know, Olivia just really enlightened us on. I, I think it's a great way to do kind of deductive reasoning, right? To look backwards and say, how can I break this down into its component parts and then describe it? Because in my head, I keep, I'm, I just keep, I'm going to say clause for short. Um, when clause talks, right, he's, he's breaking down military theory in a digestible way in order to teach it to somebody so that they can apply it forward in in some way or make sense of a situation or think about how they're going to handle the next situation right and that that's rich's take on clause right when i when i look at theory um and so hopefully that's not too like oversimplifying but my point where i'm going with this is like i think the way we create in 2024 and the end of 2023 changed a little bit when we got a little bit of a partner in in a machine that can help us do some things faster um, so that potentially we didn't have to think in a, in a new language by like using a keyboard to give a set of instructions to a to a thing we can kind of use it almost like another human being by talking to it and so i think this is the fascination this is where i'm going with this thought kyle this is the fascination people have with machine learning, what other people refer to as AI in, in the novel sense right now, right? Because we, we actually, 
have another entity, right, that can use logic and reasoning to help us think about a problem and become creative. So for example, like a lot of people think, oh, machine learning is just going to give us the answer. No, it's going to, it's a probabilistic solution set. It's going to give you a probability um, in the form of a modality you're asking it for. So it could be text, it could be images, right? It could be a combination thereof. But I, I really think this idea of creativity and how to create takes a science. It takes what the human input is like, look, in my head, I'm trying to apply the science to an output I want because I'm being creative. And then this machine is helping me do that. So I think in the sense that we're talking about in creativity, a really modern example would be this human machine pairing kind of going on right now in the form of co-pilots with, with machine learning technologies. I don't know if that helps or not, or confuses stuff, Olivia, but like, to me, I think that's like a really relevant current affairs topic that like, I don't know that clause would be able to grapple with real well. Um, cause I, I can't, and I'm living in it. Right. Um, but, uh, but anyhow, I'll stop ranting. Um, if that makes sense. So John, it looks like you want to jump in. Yeah, my head went in a little bit different place. So uh, maybe three, four casts ago, we covered Volt Typhoon, and there was an advisory put out, co-authored by CISA, NSA, and a couple other folks. And they said that China was using live-off-the-land techniques. Uh, and and Olivia, those are uh, your normal network administrators are going to do certain things to make sure computers work. And if they don't work, they fix them. You make sure they're still alive, add some things that are necessary, totally normal, totally uh, healthy things to do. But Chinese hackers were using these normal tools uh, of network operations to assist in their hacking. And that's kind of like where my mind went when the, when we were talking about this stuff is like same tool, different, different art got us a very different uh, to a different end state and for obviously a very different purpose. Yeah, no, first to, to Kyle's question about, you know, whether or not we, we'd hit nihilism and and therefore everything on the internet is the same art and therefore like you need to know the entire internet um, in order to, to operate. And, and I don't think that's true, but there is something different and challenging about um, operating with a computational machine. Um, because of the fact that it can do whatever you ask it to, providing that, you know, it's in a appropriate complexity class, like it, it will do what you want. And so I think, you know, as John was, was kind of narrowing it down to a particular task of some sort of administration, the executing of that, and unfortunately, hopefully in the, the show notes, we can get this, there's a, there's a wonderful like YouTube video about it's like the poetics of coding and it's it's how well the code can be written for the sake of writing code that is the best that it can be written so like that's the task that they're doing and so i think it's it's finding on the kind of digital medium like what those different kind of specificities are because if you think of you know one could say oh, well all of art is just language it's just are you using visual language are you using movement language? Are you using all of that? And so I think that's kind of what Kyle was seeing in the computer computational technology. And now it's just finding what are those different disciplines? Like what is dance? What is drama? What is poetry? What is, you know, 
film what is, you know, rhythmic dancing that somehow is still in the Olympics, like all of those different things that you're then working towards. And then as to what um, Rich was saying and, and asking whether or not Clausewitz has anything to say about artificial intelligence, um, he has a chapter in On War called uh, methodology or Methodicism. And it, in one way, it's kind of looking at the different, uh, it's, it's kind of a defining terms uh, chapter, but it, it also is kind of getting at, and this will tie into, you know, kind of the, the final section that Clausewitz is working with in the theory of art and art and the theory of art. And, and bear with me, I'm going to read a slight bit of On War, but it, I think, will sound very eerily similar to artificial intelligence. Methods, on the other hand, are a general way of executing duties as they arise, based, as we have said, on average probability. As a governing body of principles and rules carried through to application, they may certainly appear in the theory of the conduct of war, provided they are not represented as something different from what they are, not as the absolute and necessary binding laws of actions, parentheses, systems, but as the best of the general forms which can be used or suggested as shorter ways in place of individual decision. That is an algorithm that he is basically describing. And, and his view of thinking about doctrine in a very kind of algorithmic way makes, you know, the movement to, I think, artificial intelligence easier. But there's still aspects of, of artificial intelligence that, in, depending on what kind of machine learning, how your whatever the how many levels deep your your neural net is, et cetera, et cetera, um, how you classify things, that's going to then change it. But fundamentally, you're using some sort of mathematical view of the world to come up with, as Rich said, a probability from which then to to move and act. But as we move back to art, that's that's what we're doing. We use heuristics all the time in terms of of acting. And so the question is then, how do I take all of these sometimes very defined laws or rules that I'm operating and sometimes just the, you know, wind guess of, of what I'm going to do and, and, and fusing that together? Because, you know, especially if you ask like a martial artist, like a master or something, it's like, how did, how did you do that move? Well, they could like break it down for you, but they couldn't tell you all of the small little details of oh, I, I shifted my weight here at this exact time because I noticed that this person was leaning in a particular way that therefore I could, you know, they couldn't explain it. And if they did explain it, it would take them longer to do than <coughs> actually acting on it. And so the question is, how do, how do I then get all of that knowledge that is necessary in order to do the thing while also being attentive to all of the, you know, knowledge that's there as well as the changing circumstances. That's definitely a bit of a digression. But to go back to what Clausewitz says, a law is, first of all, a regulation of action. That is to say, a determination of the use of available means for a predetermined purpose, i.e. weaponeering, that certain bombs work best against certain targets. So law expresses, again, this is Clausewitz, law expresses only a thought in which admittedly several conceptions can be contained, but at the end of it, it's just one thought. If I establish the rule, who has a superior cavalry must seek the plane, then more than one conception is contained within it. But it is only one thought. But regulations are a series of thoughts 
which are contained, sorry, which are connected to a whole in order to determine a certain procedure in all its parts. Regulations emerge from laws already as an application depiction and therefore having a greater degree of universality. Okay, so that that was a very large word sandwich. So the the main thing is that sometimes you can have cavalry must seek the plane. Um, I don't know, lock all your doors. There's probably some sort of cyber analogy that if you say that, there's a whole bunch of other things that you're going to unpack that. Um, and so regulations is more that very explicit direction of when you're actually trying to lay that out. Yeah. So Olivia, you just, in that passage, you, you got me thinking about like laws, right? Um, so I, I think there's like two kind of quick salient points that I um, wanted to, to make. I think the first one is like, um, you know, from a naval perspective, um, when you think about other theorists, um, you know, that came after Claus, right? So like Mahan, Corbett, um, you know, from a from a, a sea power perspective, and then you have the air power folks that come later, like Billy Mitchell, um, Duhay, I think Duhay was the Italian air power theorist. Um, you know, th they kind of determined some theory that were kind of based loosely on, on laws in the sense I think that Claus is talking about. So like, for example, like Mahan would say, um, and I think I'm getting this right for the naval professionals out there, would say, um, you know, almost like in the Battle of Trafalgar, like don't, Nelson would say, don't split your fleet, right? In a Clausewitzian sense, there, since there's a decisive point in a battle, and from a sea power perspective, they would say, like, you want to focus your fleet's power and energy at that decisive point and not split its, you know, utility or or economy of force so that you get mass in that area. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that um, when you're talking about laws, my question is, like, are you talking more on the, is Clausewitz here talking more on the science side of the laws house? Or is he talking about law in the sense of, like, experience intuition in case law like scenarios where we've learned from historic battles have been brought forward to kind of establish this precedent that he's calling a law that then regulations kind of are built off of right um or are we talking about yes are we talking about laws in the sense of like science newtonian physics quantum mechanics could you help us kind of understand his perspective on that yeah absolutely um plug read the article but the the other <laughs> The other, so he does talk and, 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 and sets aside those more kind of like law of gravity and says that like, that's a law for nature. That's not a law for me in that sense. And, gotcha. and okay. so the, the way that this is art laws, this would be like, you know, never end a sentence with a preposition kind of thing. So it's not, you know, the grammar police might come to you and, and smack you with a ruler, but it's not something that is just like fundamentally always true. Cause if, if you think about art, you know, it's always breaking boundaries. There's always exceptions. And Clausewitz talks about how you, you can't, you know, if you had an exceptionless law in the art law sense, it's a useless law <laughs> because mm -hmm. um, in many ways it's, it's a tautology. It's, it's not going to tell you to do anything. So your point of like, Nelson's um, never split your fleet. There's some, there's going to be a case like some, someone probably on, you know, Wikipedia can find that case where, where actually you needed to, to split your fleet. And so 
that's really what training the mind is for is, is knowing that this is generally going to be true. You know, always do this. And this is, this is the, it depends. This is the whole reason that it depends exists is because you have something you're taught and then you have the, it depends. And that's where you're really going. Is this, is this when I want to use this law? You know, and the, and the other is, um, the, um, general Mattis quote of, uh, doctrine is the realm. Oh God, I'm going to butcher it. But doctrine is the, the refuge of last the realm un- of the, the last yeah. bastion of the unimaginative last, last bastion of the unimaginative. But if you, if we actually dissect what he is getting at creativity is deeply tied to imagination. So what he's saying is that if you fail to think about creating, if you fail to keep, even though doctrine might say or prescribe, Hey, do it this way. That's to help you quickly in the moment so that you don't always have to use your brain power. But sometimes you do need to use your brain power and figure out what different things are available. So Clausewitz writes, there are regulations for the interior service, regulations for how one should set up a camp and how one must leave it, for how one should use entrenching tools. Clausewitz is talking about e-tools right here. But there are no regulations for how one goes on a campaign for how one delivers a battle, or for one, how one should set up the machine. He he is always talking about the relationship of the commander to the army as um, basically human-machine interact uh, interfaces. So you can read all of his work that way. Here, individual truths, laws of art, can merely guide the direction of the mind spirit. With a regulation, one finds oneself on a beaten road, i.e. doctrine, if one follows the mere art laws, it is just as if one trusts oneself to the guidance of the celestial bodies. And what's, so on one case, you can have the beaten road and sometimes that's what you want to do. Sometimes that's what you have to do. And sometimes you need to look up at the stars, Um, but you don't want to always do that. And the other thing is that the stars do follow their own laws. So it's not like you're, you're, following, you know, whatever whim, there, there is something else out there that you are engaging with. So I will, I will turn it back over because I've. No, this is awesome. <laughs> this, this is awesome. Um, so I, I have to ask a very, I got, for some reason, I got all excited when I thought about this uh, question that I'm about to ask the, the crew. Um, so, you know, so we're talking about clause. I mentioned some, you know, maritime sea power theorists earlier. I talked about some air power theorists from, from, you know, a multinational perspective, right? Um, I got to ask you guys, do you think, and if your answer to this question is yes, then who is a cyber theorist? Because they, I, I, I've read space theory, which is relatively new, but, but it's out there. There's space theory, right? We have, you know, I'll just say it, land warfare, warfare in general, which, you know, came out of the, you know, time immemorial, people fighting on land, right? I'll throw claws in that space, right? Sea theorists, air theorists, we now have the cyber domain. I don't necessarily know that there's anybody out there writing military cyber theory, right? like these other theorists write about other domains. And normally I would say, well, yeah, maybe be, that's for a reason, but we do have space theory. So I'm, I'm interested in the sense that like the way the domains played out, um, what your thought is here. And maybe you don't answer it on this cast, but like 
people ask me this question, right? John, we're going to a professional military education, educational institution for, you know, uh, national security professionals across the interagency. And people walk up to me and they say, Rich, who, like, who do you look to? Where's your book? Like, you know, you can't see this, but Olivia turns around, she grabs on war, flips through it, goes right to the passage, and that answers the question because Claus and other folks have thought about this. Um, I, I would offer, and again, I'm, I'm being long-winded here, but I don't. there's no cyber book that I'm just going to turn around and I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to yank that off the shelf. There are, there are good training books, right, on how to use different operating systems, how different you know coding languages work how to build and do software development or hardware development. But I don't necessarily know that there's a military book that I can pull off the shelf and say, oh, this is a little bit of theory, right? Um, thoughts on that? So my initial reaction is twofold. Is one, we don't have theory, but we do have some pretty interesting models like the MITRE, ATT, and CK, and some other things. So we have some good models. And my thought is we are currently constrained by classification. I think if you and I tried to get on a podcast and talk about what we would, and, and I'm not saying we're the right two people to do this, but if we tried to do that, I think we would, one, immediately make people incredibly nervous, and then two, uh, run into issues of somebody saying, oh, well, even talking about that theory goes into tradecraft and therefore we should probably not discuss this. Um, Rich, yeah. do you agree with that or do you think I'm off the mark? No, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, and Kyle, you can jump in. I, I agree with what you're saying, generally speaking, but I'll make another analogy, right? We have classified aircraft, their tactics, their weapon systems, right? We can go through every warfighting domain. You can pick out the classified things and just not talk about them, but there would still be a general theory of how to conduct warfighting in that space um, because it's observable by anybody who can observe the things happening. So, the, you know, and, and maybe I'm going, I'm just going down a rabbit hole uh, and, and going against General Mattis' statement about the last bastion of the unimaginative, but, um, yeah, it's really, it, I just being very blunt and honest, like I, I struggle with answering this question, right? Because John, I don't know about you, but I consider myself a pretty okay military cyberspace professional. And, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm on my heels when folks ask me that question, just to be very blunt about it, right? Like I, I don't really have a good canned answer. I mean, I... I consider myself an operational artist, so I could like I could see a problem and know here's how I would solve that in the fifth domain, right? But I don't necessarily know that I can communicate very quickly and succinctly when somebody asks me that question about cyber theory. I'll endorse you as pretty okay. <laughs> Thank you. So that's a that's a fascinating question. And the the first thing is that and I, I can't necessarily speak to it, but I think there's a lot of, there hasn't been someone who has like codified it, but operations in the information environment have more theoretical backbone, I would say, than from what I understand cyber, um, uh, in terms of, of people thinking through more the relationship between content and, and, you know, mental models and, and that sort of aspect. Um, the, the only thing I will say 
is one of the the books that I, I think about, and perhaps this is more information environment and less um, directly to, to cyber operations, but um, it's uh, The Pearly Gates of Cyberspace. It was written in 1999, um, and it's a history of space, like the idea of space, starting from Dante, um, because Dante, you had spiritual and physical space as like a place. So Dante is literally walking from hell through purgatory up, up this mountain into heaven. And her argument is that then science gets control of the heavens um, and is able to explain it. And so spiritual space goes somewhere else. And her argument again in 99 is that that's a secular, I always get secular, non-secular. So a non-religious, basically the internet in her mind as of 99 was a non-religious spiritual space. And so you end up in a, in a different way of, of looking at it. And so, again, this may be more operations in the information environment and less the, 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 the cyber, but that's one of the places in terms of theory. And the, the, the difference, and, and I think this is to your point, I think cyber theory should be able to be written because if space can write, you know, and space has the same kind of classification issues, you should be able to, to write it. Um, in terms of, of being able to think about the means, because what it, it's not, it's, it's the question of logical space. It's what happens when the, the space that I can jump from here to Tokyo in one hop, um, like that's how do I think about what is cap like what is possible about that? If I can move through areas without other people seeing it's, it's being able to conceptualize that. And so I would think math, <laughs> is probably where you need to go. Um, and yeah. it makes sense given cryptography and everything. Yeah. Or go ahead, Cal. I, I want to clarify your statement, right? And I know we're, we're going to run low on time here, but I want to clarify your statement. Can you define cyber for me so that I can try to define a theory for you? Because I think that's the struggle. We're using the wrong word, right? I think that if you want to go into penetration testing, there is a theory for that. There's multiple frameworks for that. I think we could identify folks who are at the cutting edge of that and defining new things, right? If I was going to go back and say, define a theory of cyber in some way, shape or form, I, I would have to ask the person, like, which element do you mean? T to some extent, that's like saying, tell me about a theory of politics, right? You kind of have to be like, what type of politics and, and stuff of that nature. And I actually love, Olivia, the math reference that you just said. Like, what is the theory of cyber? It might be a core understanding of the foundations of mathematics as it relates to cryptography and the internet or data exchanges as a whole, right? Like, do you understand binary? And do you understand all the rest of that that goes along with it? Do you understand how all that stuff works? But I I think we may be pigeonholing ourselves by trying to use the word cyber in that, in that context. Because I actually do think that if we said, who are the people that are out there that are exploring the theory of that? I actually think we probably have lots of folks who could have a, a legal claim to that title. You'd have all these defense uh, or cyber defense agencies that are doing these things, you know, Google and Microsoft and, and all these other large corporations who are actively in the fight every day against those folks. They're probably exploring theory of what works for them as they scale to thousands of employees who have that shared responsibility. I can promise you, though, again, to all listeners, I am not active duty and haven't been for a long time, that there are undoubtedly folks in our larger government and DOD agencies who are exploring the theory of cyber as it relates to national defense on the regular basis. And yes, to your point, Rich, I think that uh, the average citizen would not have access to those for 
obvious reasons, but you're also sort of getting into the cyber as a weapon system too, right? Like what is the theory of how you use cryptography to totally do something that is illegal for most people to do? It's tough to go find the theory of bank robbery in the same context, right? Like those aren't things that are generally available to the public, but I bet the FBI or law enforcement has a, a handbook on the theory of counter bank robbery, which you may be able to reverse engineer. I don't know. I'm just, I'm exploring that space a little. Yeah. And just, just to go back to where we were coming, you know, it's, it's understanding the means it's being able to creatively think about those means and apply it to the purpose. So what I, you know, it's what purpose. So you were saying penetration testing. So that's, that's, that's a purpose. And then you would have a set of means that are available for, for that particular kind of thing. And I imagine that there are multiple other cases that, that are available for that. Um, and so, but not having a theory, not having a book that one can take off the shelf shouldn't, you know, therefore mean that one can't do cyber operations or anything, because clearly that's, that's, that's happening. But the other point is that Clausewitz says, the talent developed through study and practice goes its way mostly without a guide, and only very rarely will the action of the artist be marshaled by a rule standing clearly before his eyes. The main determination of art law is business of of that education itself. That is to say, to serve the studies. And therefore it is here where one would have to mainly seek the effects of theory whereby they give direction to the creative power of the artist. I, so that what Rich is saying about whether or not cyber and to go into whether or not cyber is the right thing brings me back to, I think, Kyle's nihilism, because in many ways that might be saying, you know, given that the internet is, is kind of a second place you know we could we could go back to the non-religious spiritual space it's it's too big it's like saying what's the theory of language um you know it you need to break it down into the the different things but where the lament for not having a quote-unquote cyber theory or whatever variation of that is is does that make it harder to teach does that make it harder to educate those who are then becoming those professionals and that's where the the value of, at least from Clausewitz's perspective, is you know you don't have to make everything up on the fly. You're able to you know stand on the shoulders of giants to some extent, and then you know kind of move from there. Yeah, I think there's. A, I actually agree with that statement completely, Olivia. About like, you know, does it make it easier to teach? So the budding artist can become the Picasso, right? in the long run, right? To, to become the master. Um, and how long does it take he or she to, to be trained to get to that point? So I think you're spot on. And I, I would say, you know, to, to Kyle's earlier point um, about cyber, right? Like I would, <laughs> I remember very clearly back in like 2007, having this very like fundamentally will not move uh, perspective. And I, I still think I believe this in my heart of hearts is that we operate in the electromagnetic spectrum and there's a ton of theorists that have come up over time to maximize, you know, I'll just call it classical physics or Newtonian physics, right? I, I think to your point, Olivia, and, and Klaus's point about creativity and, and purpose, right? We're seeing a lot of things um, being explored. We kind of live in an amazing time, right? Like we're, we're seeing the the close teaming of machines from a logic and reasoning perspective of humans tighter than we've ever seen that before. It's a pretty amazing thing to be part of. Um, the other thing we're seeing, uh, less mature from a productivity um, and patent perspective yet, is you know 
the, the use of the quantum mechanics to, to actually create value in some way, whether that's a quantum computer, a quantum sensing device, like we, we have these things, atomic clocks, there's quantum sensing, right? Um, but when we talk about applying them to warfare, because John, I'm looking at my sticky, right? Um, if you can maneuver, right, against an adversary or a belligerent, in the information space, meaning in the electromagnetic spectrum, right, whatever that range is, you could probably do it in the information and related to information at the subatomic level as well to envelop, flank, whatever the maneuver is, you could do that. I would predict here in the future, once humans kind of master this new the quantum mechanics at a scale we've never done in the past, we have theory and we're moving from like theory to research and development in that R, out of R&D in, into engineering where we're kind of at now, where you know, quantum theorists and engineers are trying to figure out how to make that a product that adds value to human society. But my point with all this is, is I, I do think at some point, um, and maybe that's on folks like me and John, right, to, to work with scholars like yourself and like engineers and in, in the public private relationship between the government and in the private sector to kind of write some of this stuff down to, to kind of have that as a corpus of knowledge for other military practitioners or national security practitioners to pick up a book like I'm holding space power, the theory of space power in my hand and be able to just kind of take a big leap forward by digesting a chunk of this to go, oh, yeah, this kind of stuff happened in the past. Here's some history. Here's some science. Go take your creative mad dog maddest mindset and figure out how to apply it to, you know, secure freedom and democracy across, you know, earth or into the rest of the universe, depending on where we're at at the time. So, um, yeah, I just, it's an amazing time to live. I just, we're not going to stop because we don't have a book, but I think it's encompassed upon us to do that. We got rich to say it's an amazing time to live just now. Did everyone hear that? Yes. That, that's okay. how you know it's time to go to Kyle's hot take. All right. <laughs> I am going to re-quote Olivia re-quoting Clausewitz here and just say yes. that my hot take is this very last quote that she just delivered, which I thought was really eloquent and beautiful, which is, rarely will the actions of the artist become marshaled by a rule standing clearly before his eyes. If it was that easy to write it down, it wouldn't be art. Art has nuance associated with it. It has learning, it has imagination and uh, as much as sometimes people are just, all right, look up at the stars and figure it out, or I must read the rule book and be unimaginative to quote Mattis, there is beauty in the middle ground, those awkward teenage years in the gray areas where all the magic happens. I am putting this on my living room in place of live, laugh, love. Uh, Rich, <laughs> give us your knife hand. Um, I just have, I talked a lot, so I'll be very um, short. I think, you know, Olivia, this is from the on art and theory of art that you wrote about, but there's one sentence fragment that I think is amazing and I'm just gonna read it. This power is the ability to invent what we consider as the source of all creating. And I think that phrase from Claus just resonates so strongly with me as to what it is the job of the warfighter is in the modern day and age to like to invent to think, to be creative, to take all the science and bring it to a culminating point for some purpose. 
Um, so I really just want to say thanks for enlightening us on science and purpose and listening to us rant and me talk about like, ah, we don't have any theory of cyber. Um, but yeah, it's been an amazing cast. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you again for, for letting me bring, uh, Clausewitz, uh, again, up to the, the 21st century. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps he'll, he'll start be talking about, you know, gene editing and, and all the other crazy things that are out there too. I have one final gift for you. And this is what you can do for your next doctorate. So I think it would be fascinating to take large language models and do pure Carl and then English translation Carl and see how different the output of each of those are. That I feel like that is doctorate material for certain. Feel free to take that. It will be lovely. Dear listeners, thank you for joining us. You can connect with us on social media by going to Twitter and following at USMC underscore T-F-P-H-O-E-N-I-X. That's at USMC underscore Task Force Phoenix. Our editor is Sarah Clarkson, and marketing support is provided by Jake Osborne. You can support the cast by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star review and an accompanying comment. And with that, we are out.